Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on political outcomes and current events. My name happens to be Kid Midas, the original wave rider, and I'm joined on the line all the way down south in North Carolina by Long John Silver. Long John, do I have you on the line? Hey, I'm here. How's everyone doing out there in podcast land? I gotta say, 24 hours ago, I was dreading this post-midterms episode. Why? I just assumed that we would be weeping and crying and moaning and groaning after being drowned by a red wave. But you said that maybe something interesting would happen. Yeah. Do you remember that last week? You were speaking to like one of America's leading political analysts. I don't know if you'll remember this conversation, but Mm -hmm. that analyst said something along the lines of surprising things have been known to happen and may well continue to happen into the future. Uh I kind of think that guy nailed it for real. Yeah, he kind of did. For once in his life, he proclaimed something that turned out to be true. Yes. And that analyst's name, friends, is Kid Midas the Original Wave Ride. You dropped this, King. And that's also coincidentally my name because I am that self-same analyst. I did it. I knew something was going to happen. This could have been so much worse. This could have been so, so much worse. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. I was up, uh, I don't know, till four or five in the morning. I could not sleep. I was so pumped last night. Just delirious. Waking everybody up in the household, delirious. Um, It's probably the most surprising election other than 2016 in my life. And it was one of those nights where the the later it got, the better it looked. Right. I mean, and it was just widespread. It was, it, I mean, to me, it was like 2016 in reverse. At 4 p.m. yesterday, if you were just feeling the conventional wisdom, the vibe on Twitter and in the media and on Predicted, uh, it was showing that it was over 80% likely that the Republicans would take the Senate and that they would take 53 Senate seats. The one Senate seat position, the one bracket that I had taken no in. Yeah, there was a period yesterday afternoon where my portfolio was not looking so nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was down hundreds of dollars. And um, yeah, I mean, really, only only Ohio went bad for me. So J.D. Vance, the hillbilly, our, our baby boy, triumphed over Tim Ryan. He did. It was closer than expected, and I don't know if the billboards had anything to do with that. I would like. We to should have bought more did. billboards. We should have bought more billboards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. If we, we had just gotten that eighth billboard. Oh yeah. Um, if it's any consolation to Ohio voters, um, who listen to this podcast, I can only imagine that JD Vance is going to be absolutely miserable as a U.S. senator. I cannot. I just don't see this guy for whatever reason staying in the Senate for a long time. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I could be wrong. That that could be some that could be some coping for, on my part. The other big heartbreak, of course, my canvassing streak of only door knocking for winners has drawn to a close. Sherry Beasley was defeated by Ted Budd in North Carolina for that Senate race, which is not a surprise, but that was one of the surprising things that I was hoping would happen. I was hoping she would pull off a major upset, but North Carolina has broken our heart once again. Yeah, it was it was not a great night in North Carolina. We did canvassing yesterday, and that's always exhausting and kind of depressing, and you'd feel like you're not accomplishing that much, but I'm sure we accomplished something, but it obviously wasn't enough. 
because out east, uh, yeah, the Republicans were just really able to run it up compared to what had happened in previous um, Senate races. So, and the Republicans look like they're going to have a super uh, majority in the Senate in the North Carolina State Legislature, and they fell one short of a super majority in the House. Um, and they have retaken the North Carolina Supreme Court, which is a extremely big deal and a, and a much bigger deal than, than, uh, Beasley losing. I mean, frankly, I would have rather had, uh, Beasley lose and win the Supreme Court than have Beasley win and lose the Supreme Court. Because of gerrymandering bullshit, you mean? Yeah, because, I mean, right now, North Carolina, I mean, in the House, uh, Wiley Nickel was able to knock off Bo Hines in uh, the 13th and Jeff Jackson won in the 14th. You have a, you're going to have a split 7-7 House delegation in North Carolina. And um, yeah, there's more more, uh, congressional Democrats in North Carolina than any other Southern state, except for Florida, which is twice as large, but they only have one more than North Carolina. So that's big. But the way congressional, I mean, the way the House districts are are drawn in North Carolina, they're just temporary until the next lawsuit happens. And because the state Supreme Court is gone, they are going to gerrymander it. And it may be back to where it was before, you know, with a 10 to 4 or 11 to 3 split in the Republicans' favor, even though North Carolina is pretty much a 50-50 state. So that is sad for, for us here locally. More bad news out of North Carolina, although it's not surprising, John. Our former Chapel Hill High School Tiger alum, Jasmine Beach Ferrara, who went to our high school, yes, who was hoping, I think, to run against Madison Cawthorn, lost to Chuck Edwards way out west by almost 10 points. But again, that's not super surprising. Yeah. Had she been running against Madison Cawthorn, it would have been a lot closer and she she could have potentially pulled it off. One last bit of North Carolina news. Rachel Hunt, who famously does not remember her father's office calling a local punk rocker to come to the North Carolina governor's mansion to play new wave and punk rock records for her. Uh, won her state Senate seat in North Carolina. So congratulations to new North Carolina State Senator Rachel Hunt. That's awesome. There's something I was thinking about, John, about this North Carolina election result, and I didn't want to mention it before the election because I didn't want to jinx anything. But I will say that one interesting thing about Ted Budd is that Ted Budd, B-U-D-D, is replacing Burr, B-U-R-R. Hmm. How many times in American history Never. has a Senate seat been vacated by someone who shares the same vowel consonant distribution as their successor? In this case, it's B-U. Those are identical letters. Mm-hmm. They share the same two letters. And then the last two letters are double consonants, Bud, B-U-D-D, and Burr, B-U-R-R. Do you think that's ever happened before? This is interesting. Yes, probably, because it's probably somebody who got replaced by somebody that had the same name. That doesn't count. I don't. It has to be a different name. Oh, okay, a different name. That, no, it's never happened. It's impossible. One in a billion. One in a billion, right? Right. That's yeah. exactly what my calculation said. That's incredible that you thought you really have an incredible mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, how long I've been waiting to hear you say that. Thank you so much. That was very important to know that. Um, You have an incredible mind, too. Everything else, I mean, uh, across the nation was, I mean, with the exception of Florida, which I didn't think any anybody was too surprised by. You were right about Florida. Florida's gone. It, I mean, it really seems like we may not have to waste any time in Florida anymore. Um, I mean, Pennsylvania is great. It looks like the Pennsylvania House, the state house is um, in play uh, in, in Michigan. Um, Michigan went off. Have taken the state house and the state Senate and uh, they will have a, I think, a trifecta for like the first time in, in many, many decades. So uh, New York didn't look great, um, unfortunately. It looks like some – I mean, it's sort of ironic that that might be what costs Democrats the House, losing some of these uh, seats in, in suburban New York City. Thanks to former Governor Andrew Cuomo's deals with uh, Republicans in the state legislature, they did gerrymander New York State to favor Republicans, and sure enough, they picked up a lot of seats. So Sean Patrick Maloney, my former representative back when I lived in the Hudson River Valley, chair of the DCCC, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, a Clinton protege. Actually, Hillary Clinton officiated his wedding in Cold Spring. I remember that. He had, he had jumped districts during the redistricting to a friendlier Democratic district. So he kneecapped Mondaire Jones, who was the current representative of that district, a progressive. Sean Patrick Maloney got his ass kicked last night. Now, Obviously, you hate to give up a seat, but the sh- I will say I didn't have zero schadenfreude about that loss, you know? Would uh, Jones have won? I don't he know. He would have lost, too. So that's North Carolina and New York. What else jumped out at you? Uh, I, I mean, just that it was just across the board, uh, pretty much a shellacking uh, for Republicans. I mean, not only are they... Probably not going to take the Senate, but there's a there's a a chance that they're not even going to take the House. And if they do take the House, it's not going to be by very many seats, maybe three or four seats, which is going to be ridiculous. But I mean, it was just this was across the board, um, and it just. I mean, I'm trying to think of the reasons for it. I'm trying to think, um, you know, was was it that everyone woke up to, you know, democracy being a threat or people, there was a repudiation of, of, of Trump or that the Republicans had terrible, uh, candidates or, um, was it Dobbs? What, what, what was it? I mean, or was it all of the above? I mean, it's just, I mean, the fact that you have a, a sitting democratic president that, is at 42% um, approval rating and you have 8% inflation, this should not have happened at all. And and you're potentially looking at the best midterm election for a sitting Democratic president since JFK in 1962. I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of incredible. And it's still a little bit early to know exactly what it was. Some of it has to be Gen Z. You know, everyone complains about young people not voting. Remember when all the polls got everything wrong because they realized that MAGA Republicans wouldn't answer the polls or wouldn't answer their phone and wouldn't speak honestly to a poll, mm-hmm. a, a pollster? 
Now we have a new crucial electoral voting demographic that hates answering the phone even more than MAGA Republicans. And that's Gen Z. If Gen Z hadn't turned out, there would have been a red wave. You know, in in 2020, white uh, 18 to 29 year olds actually voted more GOP than Democrat. Um, And this time it swung way back. So I don't know if it was turnout or if it was just complete persuasion that they just flipped. Do you think some of it was this? Remember when Astra came on the podcast and she said that she was trying to make a political argument for canceling student debt and she said it would activate young voters? Yeah. You think that's what it was? That and Dobbs, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and I think we were worried, you know, after running into some pushback with the uh, fundraiser in Charlotte from that guy that seemed very cons- – it seemed, seemed like it was a big deal on the right. They did not like that. And I could say that I personally worry that there might have been some pushback on the right and that that would become a campaign issue that they could utilize. But I don't think it worked. I think crime probably worked. You know, I don't know whether this crime thing exists or not, but I think the idea of crime uh, worked in certain places and particularly in in New York, in New York State. Mm-hmm. But everything else seemed to I mean, with the exception of DeSantis. MAGA just had really, really poor night. Trump had a very bad night. When I go to my portfolio, we'll get into the particulars in a minute, but it doesn't really seem to have affected the Trump 2024 GOP presidential nominee market. What is that trading at? Well, DeSantis is up to 41 and Trump's at 31, but DeSantis has been ahead for a while. I was expecting a collapse of Trump because so many of his endorsed candidates fucking lost. Bobert is in a much tighter race than anyone would have thought. DeSantis looks like the god emperor of Flor- of Florida. Yeah. I mean, Oz got crushed. And now in the runoff in Georgia, it's going to be a proxy fight between Obama and Trump. That's going to be amazing. I think yeah. Look, if 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 the Senate if that is what's going to decide the Senate, I think you still may have a lot of uh Republicans that are willing to hold their nose. Um but there'll be a lot more focus on Herschel Walker, whereas, you know, for this past election, the focus was on lots of different people and Herschel Walker could just kind of blend in with all all the chaos. I mean, it's going to all You go be, into the voting booth to vote for Brian Kemp over Stacey Abrams, and then you're as long as you're there, you vote for Herschel Walker. Right. And so Kemp's not going to be there to... to for Herschel Walker's coattails. Um, that's not saying it's it, it, it can't be close again. But but then if, if Democrats win Nevada and Arizona, which is a there's a very good chance that happens, then it just doesn't matter. And I I don't think uh I, I can't imagine that Georgia Republicans will show out for for Herschel Walker at all. Because why? This could have been so much worse. Yeah. This is like when uh UNC beat Duke in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a, avoiding a horrible, horrible thing. You're kind of dazed and yeah. It's kind of the same feeling. I can't believe I had that feeling three times this year. Yeah. Last night, March Madness, and then Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. We got it three times this year. We're very blessed this year. This is good. Yeah. We are. But, I mean, on the other hand, we still have Donald Trump saying he's going to uh, announce his run for 2024 in the next— He's not running. He's not going to run. Now you're thinking he's out. Yeah, I do. 
because DeSantis, DeSantis is, is number one dog. Well, that will be amazing. And I really hope that happens because Donald Trump running uh, again, even if he gets wiped out, is just the worst possible thing for for everybody. Right. I'd be much happier with DeSantis. And I don't think if, if it is DeSantis, I think Trump is not going to be able to sit back there and not um, end up taking his ball and going home and a bunch of his followers as well. So I think they're doomed. When I look at the outline, I made this outline yesterday morning, and it says the first the first item in the outline in red highlighter is Democrats lost everything. I just assumed that was going to happen. <laughs> Now, and then I had like these little inspirational tips I was going to have. Watch videos of Iranians knocking off mullah's turbans for inspiration. I was I was thinking we were going to have to give like a little speech about don't give up. This was a bad night, blah, 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 blah. We don't have to give any kind of speech, which is good because we're both exhausted. Cause we're, well, why can't we still do that? I, I say we still should watch those videos. I mean, they are really funny videos. I should post one on the Patreon. These videos of people in Iran running up behind the mullahs and knocking their turbans off. Yeah, I had never seen them bef- until you showed me. Oh my gosh! I mean, there's still there's still uh, you know a decent chance that the Republicans have the House and can have some a bunch of bullshit investigations going on. Um, but see, uh, I don't even think that's going to happen. I really don't. What does that do? A bunch of bullshit investigations. Yeah, I agree with you. What if they get in there and they're just like, yeah, we're going to impeach Biden? No, that's not. You, they need to take a lesson from this. Learn a lesson? Yeah, a lesson. How often do either of the parties learn a lesson from getting their asses kicked? I don't know. John, let's turn to our predicted portfolios. Oh, my God. <laughs> Last night, I did something really crazy. You know, I was, you know, at one point, at a low point, I had to call John like he was my sponsor and have him talk me down from trying to get back onto Twitter. This is my first election where I wasn't (laughs) looking at Twitter since like 2014 or God knows when. Anyway, long story short, I went to a bar to watch the election. I had three beers. By the end of the night, I was feeling absolutely terrific, texting with all my friends about how it went so much better than I thought it would. Then I had, and again, I don't recommend this behavior, but this is what I did towards the end of the night. I got a chili double cheeseburger and some cheese fries. Mm. I took that home. I logged on to predict it and I sold everything I had that was green. Everything. I just got out of every market where I was up. That was what I can't even remember what that was now. Oh boy. Let me take a look. So you must have made hundreds. Uh, I made like 300 bucks, I guess. I didn't quite double my money. Yeah. And I was feeling great. Whatever. Money, money, money. Yay, yay, yay. This could have been so much worse. This could have been a disaster. Go heels. Blah, blah, blah. And then I decided to engage in some edgy behavior. I made, because <laughs> I, I was still hungry, of course, and you're always supposed to eat as much food as possible, as late as possible, right before you go to bed. They say that's a way mm-hmm. to stay healthy. Yeah. So I made what I call a chaos bowl, which was a big bowl. <laughs> and it had peanuts, plantain chips, and fried pork rinds. And I mixed it all together in my chaos bowl. My fingers were so salty and gross. And then I proceeded to take all my winnings from Predict It, like hundreds of dollars. I dumped it all into balance of power after the 2022 election. 635 shares of Republican House Democratic Senate. I wake up this morning. I'm down over $100. Why is that not the leading market? Isn't that what's going to happen? Uh, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. 
But I guess you you probably bought in when you know the euphoria was at its highest, and it. I bought it, in it, at eighty four. It's now at sixty eight. Again, I'm just going to hold. No more wave. Yeah, I mean, I think last night it was rider. really looking like. Um, I don't know. Just Nevada is a black box right now. We just we just really don't know. So if if that ends up going, then it does come down to Georgia. So which I think uh, more likely than not, Warnock will win. But again, last night when it was looking like Nevada was we were probably going to win outright. Yeah, you probably didn't buy at the right time. I think you'll be fine though. How about you? What did you do last night on Predict It? I mean, you know, at the beginning of the night, Predict It was sort of having. It's typical hiccups, so I was having trouble uh, getting on there. Not that I wanted to do any trades. I just wanted to see where, you know, I finally wanted to see the market flip. But it seemed like um, after around 9 o'clock or so, I didn't have any any more problems. Um, after you told me that you had sold everything last night, I decided I would do the same thing because I was up, you know. 300 and some bucks at that point as well. Uh, and, you know, it could have been more if I waited, but I decided I would, I would get out. Um, and then I just went around and looked in my bookmarks and Twitter that I had been bookmarking for weeks and weeks and weeks of people, you know, making very confident predictions of the Democrats getting their ass kicked and how they were going to lose New Hampshire and, uh, how, uh, Bennett was going to lose in Colorado and just all kinds of stuff, which I, I mean, I'll admit, I thought maybe that will happen, but, uh, yeah. So then I just went through and started liking all those tweets in, in a very, <laughs> very, very trolly way. Oh, you're a petty bitch and I'm here for it. Yeah, I was, I, um. Yeah, Robert Cahaley from uh, Trafalgar Group. I was liking a lot of his tweets as well because they got destroyed. I mean, they were wrong on everything. I mean, in the end, it does look like uh, in the Midwest where Democrats, where Republicans typically had not been picked up by pollsters, it looks like this time the Democrats were not picked up by pollsters uh, slightly. Uh, but generally, if you look, if you blend everything together all across the board, the polling was actually pretty good. I mean, it was very close. And it was just that nobody was believing the polls. They just kept saying, no, we, you know, the Democrats are leading here. It's close. Uh, we, we, they're just not picking up the Republicans like they've had in the past. It's going to be another polling miss in, in the direction of, um, of, of Republicans. And, you know, Nate Silver, I know he's a controversial figure in the prediction market community. It just said over and over it's, it's pretty. And in the booger eating community. It, it, yes. And that too. Uh, he just said it is risky to try to guess which way a polling error, if one occurs, which direction it might go. And I think his model, which lagged all of the other prediction markets and models as well, it did end up, his deluxe model did end up favoring the Republicans slightly, I think 59% likely to take the Senate. Um, his model performed better than anyone. And his... Um, classic and light model, which was just a polls only model, uh, performed really well. It had it essentially 50-50. So Predicted does a really good job once the polls close and the traders start trading on actual data. You know, you really, 
can get an idea of what's happening by looking at the prediction markets much quicker than if you're watching it on television. The prediction markets really do know before everyone else. Once they're being fed real information and not just going off vibes, right? the prediction markets days ahead, once again, completely failed. And, you know, my opinion is that it's because you have this right word bias on prediction markets. And I think uh, people in the right generally tend to be in much uh, more closed off media bubbles than people on the left. And I think they're reading real clear politics, which, again, has this convoluted system of how they um average their polls. And I think they really just start to get high on their own supply and think they've got this. And um, no, I think the prediction markets, you know, failed. And, and you know, they, they were wrong in 2016 as well in the other direction. But, you know, you got to take both. I'm so relieved that Democrats didn't get their ass kicked so I don't have to read 100 articles by Jonathan Chait about how defund the police and student debt cancellation was a huge mistake and we should never do all that stuff again. The thing is, you can read those articles because they were all written last week. Many, <laughs> right, I mean, there were so right, yeah. many of those articles that published days before. They were like the coming bloodbath and this is why. And it was just like, no, I mean, the, if the, Democrats lose, it's because they tried to help people. It re- there Let really this was this narrative in the media where they weren't really following the polls. I mean, because if you were looking at the polls, they were telling you this was going to be close. I swear, Joe Biden, if he's not the best president of our lifetime, he's definitely the wiliest president of our lifetime. This dude is a wily coyote, this old Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, he must have been so happy last night. Obama lost sixty-three seats. Uh, yeah, exactly. Obama. Yeah, and Biden's going to be like, "Yeah, I lost two seats." Incredible, and gained one in the Senate. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, it's Gen Z. Thank you, Gen Z. Thank you, women. I wish we were boomers because it would be more radical if we were boomers who could thank Gen Z. But we're Gen X, so but we'll still thank Gen Z. Yeah, I got no problem with Gen Z. Any final thoughts about the election before we do these uh, few listener questions? No. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be pouring over the the data for the next few days to try to figure it out, figure out what happened. So um, I think we, we're not, it's, it's going to be several weeks because we've got all these California races and a lot of mail balloting. Yeah. I don't know who the mayor of LA is yet. Karen Bass or Rick Caruso. I'm definitely glad I sold my Bass shares months and months ago because Caruso I think Bass, ha- I think, you know, from- Last thing I remember seeing was that it looked like Bass had it. Speaking of predictions and utter vindication, mm-hmm. not only was my sage wisdom about surprising things happening in the past and maybe in the future, not only was that vindicated, I was also completely vindicated on a slightly different front over the past week, and that is the presence of Fig Newtons in gas stations. John, the amount of listener feedback we got about this, you'll remember that last week we were talking about canvassing with Allison, and she made a request for you to go to a gas station and get her some Fig Newtons, and you made it sound like she'd asked you to go in and buy an original Shakespeare folio. We got so many photographs and descriptions from listeners of Fig Newtons and gas stations, and I want to thank you for that, because that's another another blessing that I've that I've enjoyed over the past week. And I did promise that I would Venmo $20 to the first listener who sent a photo of said Fig Newtons at the gas station. So Katie, 
in the state of Maine, send me your Venmo info. Send it to contactelectionprofitmakers.com. I'm going to Venmo you $20. That's got to be good for at least five boxes of Fig Newtons. So, John, do you have anything you want to say in regards to your utter um, demolition vis-a-vis Fig Newtons and gas stations? I don't know if I said anything about Fig Newtons and gas stations. I simply said that this gas station is not going to have Fig Newtons. Wow. And Speaking that gas of station. Speaking Coyotes, he's wiggling I, out of I, it again. I, remember I said, I did say, I don't know if other gas stations have it. And I said, I bet that larger gas stations probably will, which is why I wanted these establishing shots of these gas stations. But I knew that this particular gas station that we were going to go to did not. And it turns out it may be the only gas station in North Carolina or anywhere in the country that doesn't have Big Newtons, which kind of makes my prediction more impressive when you think about it. Wow. That I I was right. Is your name reverse Lance Armstrong? Because are you backpedaling very much right now? I didn't know a bicycle could go and reverse at 3000 miles per hour. You know, the thing is after I visited a number of other gas stations in Chapel Hill and saw that they had fig Newtons, I almost thought about going back to this one just to give it a second look. They probably do have. I mean, that would be the great irony. What if they, if they did. actually do have Fig Newtons? And then I thought, I don't need to know. Wow, you're going to live in the uncertainty. I mean, I I was with the the guy he came around out from the counter. No, I remember. And you said to the guy, "You don't have to do this. We all know this is bullshit." So, oh, so I might have let him. I, yeah, I might. I might probably shut down the investigation. Before it had reached its conclusions. Okay. Well, I will, if I get a chance this week, I'll, I'll go back there and take a look at it. Yeah. We should get donate a box of Fig Newtons in, in, in honor of Allison for canvassing. Yeah. Speaking of Allison, let's, you know what? This is something we haven't mentioned about our canvas buddy, Allison. Uh, she has a novel out. Her first novel came out this year. It's really good. It's called The Work Wife. You can go pick it up at a bookstore. So check that out. We were canvassing with the with the famous novelist. Yeah. John, as long as we're shouting out EPM friends with books who have come out, our friend Ben Acker of the legendary Thrilling Adventure Hour also has a book out for young readers called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. Spooky fun stories. Yeah, Ben is he's really funny. He's funny on Twitter. That's why you can't leave you can't leave Twitter. Oh my God. And not only do we have the midterms, we had Elon had his worst week yet when it comes to Twitter. That dude was showing his ass all day long. It was like when we used to drive by the frat house with the big bench out front and moon them in my parents' <laughs> Volvo station wagon. That's what Elon Musk has been doing. He's been yeah. cosplaying as, as eighth grade David for the past week. All this stuff about blue check marks and you have to pay $8 and this and that. This guy's really dumb, man. He's really yeah. dumb. This was no. a good week. It really this was, was a really good week for seeing some dummies. It was. If you like going to the zoo of humanity and looking at dummies, this was a good week. The dummies were in full flower. All right, but we don't have time for that. Let's get to these letters. Okay, so we got a letter from Daniel. He writes, Hello, John and David. I am a longtime listener and big fan. I was deeply inspired by your episodes regarding canvassing. Although although I was born in Atlanta, my band, Imagine Dragons, that's his band. What? Imagine Dragons. I don't know if you heard of them, but they're kind of a big deal. Imagine anyway, Dragons. Yeah, he they're writes, like, my band. That's yeah. that's the band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he says, my band, Imagine Dragons, was formed in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I have been a Nevadan ever since. The polling numbers between CCM and Adam Laxalt seemed too close for comfort, and after hearing about y'all's canvassing experiences, I was no longer intimidated by the whole thing and instead filled with a desire to get in on the action and do my part. I only had a few doors open for me, and I am convinced they only did so because I was wearing a ridiculously loud Holy coat. shit, these albums have gone like multi-platinum. Yeah, they have. I'm telling you. Then he writes, hot tip, wear something- Wait, this guy, I, I, was looking up, I was looking at their Wikipedia page. This guy is saying that us talking about canvassing inspired him to go canvassing in Nevada, yeah. one of the closest- sen- this, this fucking control of the Senate could come down to the drummer from Imagine Dragons? Yeah, and it might have come down to the coat he was Ooh. wearing. Because he Wait, gives what? this, he says, hot tip, wear something my mother would describe as a conversation starter while canvassing. Then he says, your advice about giving a concise speech into the ring doorbell camera when a home won't answer the door was genius. I also appreciated being told to bring water and a snack. Clutch. To bring what so, in a snack? Uh, water. Huh. Interesting. Water in a snack. Okay, cool. So not just a snack, also one other item, which is, what was water, it again? It begins with a W? Yeah, water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He says, I am so grateful for all of y'all's coverage of the canvassing experience. This certainly won't be my last time doing it. Wow, look and, at this. Um, yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks for that nice message. Yeah. Imagine uh, dragons. Hey, imagine that. <laughs> hey, that's funny. <laughs> I'm yeah, so, so the oh my God. so the kids I here. I was dreading this morning's recording session yesterday, dreading it. Can I just say something huh? about Imagine Dragons and that the the kids think that I'm the coolest person on earth? That oh, because um, you've that I'm because <laughs> we friends. got a letter from the drummer for Imagine Dragons. Yeah, that I'm best friends with a drummer from Imagine Dragons. Well, think about his kids. And must sometimes feel, think sometimes about his kids must feel that we're talking about their dad, the coolest podcast, talking about their dad. Yeah, you think. Yeah, totally. I wonder if he has kids. I hope kids. so. I hope he'll have kids just so he can share this news with them, so that so that they'll be proud of their father. And he's a he's a football fan too. He some he sometimes tweets about football. Wait, are you friends with him on the internet? Yeah, I'm friends with him on the internet, Twitter. Oh my god! See, I'm so cut out of the conversation now that yeah. I'm not on Twitter. I mean, we're I'm friends. Like, you know, we're friends on Twitter. We're friends. Are gonna you going to be in the band? I I don't know if I'm going to be in the band, but I. I'm planning to become closer friends at some point. Okay, let me say one thing to this fellow, Daniel. I'm sure you guys have it all figured out because it I looks think like he goes he's sold by quite a few records. I think he oh, goes Platts. by Platts. Okay, yeah, that's what Platts. he calls himself. I'm sure you guys I, I have it all figured out because I'm sure you're because you, you're very successful. But I'm going to tell you, as someone who used to play in a band with John Kimball, if you guys ever want to transition to kind of like you know punk rock and stuff like that, John Kimball, at least back in 1989, 1990. <laughs> Had the most incredible singing voice. Incredible singing voice. So if Imagine Dragons is ever going to put out, like, remember when um, Guns N' Roses put out the Spaghetti Incident? I think that was Guns N' Roses, and they did all these random covers and stuff. It was an EP. I think Metallica might have done the same thing. Anyway, if if Imagine Dragons is ever going to put out a, a cover record, a cover of, like... Black flag or that, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. Look up yeah. John Kimball. He might still have, he might still have some gas in the tank because John Kimball uh, used to sing. All right. Yeah. Thanks to, uh, plot. Thanks to what's his name? Plots? Plats? Plats. Sorry. 
Thanks to Platts for sharing the canvassing. That really does make us feel good. Yeah. Uh, and to everyone who wrote in to say that they canvassed as a result of our incredible stories about canvassing. And Nevada's coming down to the wire. So, I mean, it really, it's incredible. Can you comprehend if it really does come down to this guy? This guy could be a kingmaker. I can't believe they sold him. I can't believe they sold millions of records. Oh my God. I can't sell so big. I can't sell a thousand records. They sold a million records. We got another music question this this week. Yeah, Martin writes in, uh, is David at liberty to disclose how much he got for the mint-sealed Two Live Crew album? Just curious. Signed, a fellow Discogs fiend. Martin, thank you for your um, inquiry. This is going to be a very disappointing answer. I think I misspoke when I said that I sold that previously banned mm. Two Live Crew record. Mm-hmm. I think it was part of a package trade at a local record store. So I think I went in with that record and a bunch of other records. And you know how those in-store trades work. Like I came in with 50 records and probably came out with two records. You know, it's always a fool's errand. Um, so I don't remember, but I do remember that one of the records that I walked out with was one of those, one of the more recent um, albums by Earth, who we've talked about on the show before. Good, heavy, slow music. So unfortunately, I can't give you a dollar amount. I will say that I did have some records when I was really in need of funds. Gosh, this is three or four years ago now. My friend Emily, her husband has a label and also does a lot of discog stealing. Like that's his job is is selling records on discogs. And I gave him some some of my more pricey record. I don't I'm not like a super record collector. Like 80% of my records I bought at thrift stores in the 90s, okay? I'm that guy. I'm that kind of guy. But I did have a handful of records that I was smart enough to buy early. And one of them was Eminem's first 12-inch, the original version of I Just Don't Give a Fuck. It was put out on Shady Records. This is back, I probably talked about this before, because it's like one of the few possessions I've ever owned that has any kind of cred. Anyway, I gave John that record to sell, and um, I think I got over $100 for it. I also had a Husker Du marble 10-inch of, um, what's on that? Makes no sense at all. And then on the Mary Tyler Moore theme song, I think I also had him sell that too. Anyway, Martin, I'm sorry the story's not more interesting, but that's life in the record. You know, that's that's the Discogs lifestyle. I don't uh, do the Discogs lifestyle, but I do have a perfect mint condition Minutemen ballot result. <gasps> never opened. You've never opened that? How'd you never, get that? Never opened it. Aline that's Green ballot get, result in the yes, that's ballot result. Yeah, she she gave it to me when I was in junior high, and I already had it, so I kept this one and never opened it. That's amazing. And uh, I don't know, is it worth something? Let's look it up. I'll look it up on Discogs right now. Why not? All right. It's probably the only record I own. It's pretty cool, right? Ballot result. Here we go. I'm going to look it up. This is this is we are achieving peak podcasting where we are looking up like Discogs. Yeah. In real time. I've logged on to Discogs. We're going to go look. Um, hmm. Let's see. We want condition. I'm sorting by condition. There's a certain subset of dudes listening to the podcast right now who are like, oh, yes. <laughs> Just when I thought life couldn't get any better. He's sorting by condition. All right. So we've got a brand new sealed record in mint condition. It's ballot result, and it's going for 35 plus shipping. So it's probably worth 40 or 50 bucks. All right. And like how much that? did it? Di- how much did it cost 
in in nineteen eighty eight when it was bought originally. I don't know, probably fourteen or fifteen bucks, right? Because it's a double album. Right. So yeah. yeah, you know, it's a long term investment. That's a long term investment. It, it, That's what they yeah. say about art. It's a blue chip investment. All right. You know what, John? I'm sure everyone can tell by our voices that we're both kind of exhausted, maybe mm-hmm. still stunned. But I vote that we, unless you have any final thoughts, we kind of epi- end this episode kind of early. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to take a nap. I just feel super relieved and grateful to everyone who did their little part to make this midterm less of a bloodbath than anyone had any right to anticipate, except for certain wisdom men, such as Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. Yeah, we're still alive. The fight continues. We live to fight another day. Yeah, we're going to be fighting. There will be more late night chaos bowls of peanuts, plantains, and pork rinds. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're all going to end up having to go to Georgia. Yeah, maybe we'll all meet in Georgia. Hopefully not. You really think that guy's in Imagine Dragons? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he. I know because because uh, he he follows me on Twitter and he's verified. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, maybe oh, he's not. verified. In other words, he paid eight dollars. Some yeah, he could be impersonating this guy. Yeah, you now I just out. realized. I thought he was, but now he could he could totally be fake. Uh, listen, guys, um, we're going to beg your indulgence and take next week off. John needs to rest, and I am actually in the middle of a big move. I'm recording this in an Airbnb. So we're going to take next week off. Um, maybe we'll post an old Patreon, or, or maybe I'll post a Soundscape or something. Um, and we'll be back the following week. So thanks for listening. Uh, this is Kid Minded. I can't believe I made money on the midterms. It's been so long since I made any money on this goddamn website. And even now, it looks like our house D Senate is inching back up and my losses are not quite as catastrophic as they were, even when we started recording this episode. John, all in all, not a bad night. I was, <laughs> I'm actually on the leaderboard for top oracles for this week. It lists the the 100 top oracles and and you know their return on investment for the week and I am am on that board. I can't. What believe does that it. mean? You made a. What does that mean? It just means about that unpredicted? I. Yeah, unpredicted. It just means that I I you know was one of the best traders, which doesn't surprise me. I got to say, between you being on the Oracle board and knowing someone from Imagine Dragons, it sounds like you've been playing too much Dungeons and Dragons recently, my liege. How about that? Yeah, it's good. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. And please send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Reminder to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And I hope everyone is doing great. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I said that. that was a nice thing to say. That was nice. Okay. Bye. Bye.